0: Hello everybody and welcome to the uh, second in this series of Sandringham hosted podcasts looking at effective marketing for uh, modern IFAs. Uh, I'm joined again by Mike Johnson of uh, TOMD uh, and today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the more um, specific needs that you might have. But what I wanted to just do was, before we start, is just reiterate some of the things that we talked about with Mike in the uh, in the previous podcast. Um, previous podcast we talked about um, what is marketing and, and thinking about what you guys would need to be thinking about in terms of your marketing um, Mike discussed the uh, the foundations making sure you've got the foundations in place your website and your client communications and your collateral um, we talked about you know the, the, the main things are understanding your goal and understanding what you're trying to achieve with your marketing um, being very focused um, on that on that outcome making sure that you're budgeting time and money for these things, Um, you know, marketing will cost you money Uh, and by being focused and understanding what outcome you want, you can then look at that ROI and decide whether your budgets are right and wrong. Um, And also thinking about campaigns um, and how you run the campaigns. Uh, Again, what are you focusing on? What are you wanting to get out of those things? So I thought it would be a good thing to do uh, in this podcast is is to maybe take one of the goals, a fairly generic goal, such as finding new clients, um, and look at how you might go about doing that. How marketing could help with that, um, and and see where we get through with that. So welcome once again, Mike. Thank you. Uh, and I'm going to pose you this question: um, We want to find new clients. Again, it's a very broad brush approach. But where would we start? Where would do we suggest? Um, our guys start when they're looking at attracting new clients? Um,
1: I think, I mean it sounds odd, but we would normally think that the best place to start is with your existing clients Uh, and lots of reasons for that. Um, I think all businesses are potentially at risk of thinking they know everything about their existing clients and actually saying oh well they won't need anything, no point going back to them. Time and again, I think it's worth just looking at the clients and looking at your client base, and just thinking through. You know, when was the last time we discussed X with them? Uh, let's just make, uh, let's just get in touch with them again, and just see whether there's any areas that uh, you should be working with them uh, more on. I think the other area, and this is quite a topical one at the moment, is about intergenerational planning. So if you've got a client, for example, in their 60s, 70s, whatever, the chances are they may have sons, daughters, who are in their 30s, maybe even 40s, who are gonna need uh, financial planning. Clearly, uh, it's a very good uh, entree into them, uh, because you would hope that that the parents would give uh, a, a referral into them. I think also, and there's a lot of publicity at the moment about uh, discussions between parents and their children about money and in many ways obviously financial advisors can help to facilitate that conversation um, there's uh, some evidence that uh, parents are uncomfortable having that conversation and maybe a little help from the advisor would uh, would be good so I think that's one one place to start
0: Yeah and I think I've seen uh, there is a, an advert for, I think for one of the banks where the, you know they're talking about money, and it's I know we are having difficult conversations, <laughs> and it's almost you know talking about uh, you know you think it's a, an advert for some uh, you know disease or something like that, and it is actually just talking about money. And I think you're right. I think intergenerational is a is a key thing. You know we do have an aging population, and uh, you know new you know millennials and Generation Z or Y mm-hmm. or whatever whatever they are now. Will be, you know, will be engaging with money in a, in a very different way, and there are some. I think there are some parallels with what you're talking about there in terms of, you know, technology as well. And it's something I see, you know, coming out through, uh, you know, through the stuff that I read in my sector is, is how a, you know, how our advisors going to, uh, you know, going to interact with millennials mm-hmm. and the children, yep. uh, children of clients, and it's a key thing of, you know, getting that interaction and getting that communication across because you know when that's the you know the inevitable happens um, you know that client money could be walking out the door um, Absolutely, you yeah. know there's there's you read figures of anywhere between 20 and 90% of client money leaving businesses when the client dies and the money transfers to the children so i think you're right i think the discussions you know prompting those discussions and being a facilitator not only helps maintain a long term relationship with the client money um But also, in effect, you are finding new clients. Absolutely. I think actually, interestingly enough,
1: as you know, we work with the the, the legal sector as well. Uh, And my impression that is in many cases, legal firms would expect to be working with sons and daughters of, um, as opposed to or wouldn't it be nice to so again you know it's just a different level of expectation they think they're going to be working with the sons and daughters especially through obviously you know setting up various wills and trusts and so on in their case hmm. so I think it's, it's certainly uh, one to to be explored.
0: Sure sure and I guess in terms of um, you know databases I guess you know, GDPR was a, a you know a big thing recently, and obviously we you know, we we know the, the the effects that's had with yeah. having holding client data and everything else. But I guess I guess the old you know mail shots of people that you mm-hmm. that you discussed you, you know something with twenty years ago, ten years ago, or somebody that you met down the pub with a business <laughs> card. Those days are gone. But I guess there will be people who you have you know you've engaged with in the last. You know, eighteen to twelve months or so, whose details you may still have on file, um, that you could probably be going back to, and and you know, I guess, in a in a GDPR guise, you could be saying, well, we're about to remove your data from our databases, but before we do, we wanted to make sure you were, absolutely you know, there were nothing we could help you with. Is we could look at that approach as well. I'm assuming. Absolutely, and I think um, certainly the
1: people that you've got on your database that you've been in contact with, you know, just just putting gdpr aside for one minute they would be actually the warmest of leads over and above those people who you've never met before who are effectively cold so so people you might have spoken to a year ago um and for whatever reason you know didn't proceed with actually they they will probably still remember you uh you know in, in a good light and they would be much better people to approach rather than people who, as I say, have never heard of you, never heard of your firm and so on. So, and, and just going back to obviously the very beginning when you first see someone, obviously making sure that you're getting them signed up for newsletters or whatever it might be, so that even if they don't become a client, you know, you've got their permission to keep mailing them and obviously they're people you can uh, keep in touch with. You're gonna have some information about them, you're gonna go, you know, their live stage or whatever.
0: So definitely don't forget those sorts of sure. people so I guess those are let's call them quick and quick and easy wins Um, they are
1: sorry just interrupt but actually 99 times out of 100 when people phone us up and say you know where can we get some new business people won't have thought of those it's it's incredible I think there's still that I'd much prefer to be a kind of a hunter than a a kind of almost a farmer type attitude yeah you know and I think
0: we see that I think you know, having that close relationship with your existing clients is, uh, you know, is hugely important. Like you say, not only from understanding the business opportunities with them, but also maintaining that inter- intergenerational relationship with the with the client money, you know, referrals, yep. introduce, you know, introduce the roles. I guess, you know, it kind of comes on to the, the, the next iteration of that is, is okay, I'm a new advisor Coming into the you know coming into the uh, into the industry, um, I've done the family and friends, <laughs> um, you know we've done that. What you know what advice could you give to me, um, you know for me to go and find you know new clients? What's what do you see as? I mean we touched before I think on the in the previous podcast on networking, yeah, um, as being a really good uh, tool. You know, do we want to expand a little bit more on that? Um, I what think, else can we do to? Look yeah, at?
1: I mean, networking is a great one because, as, as we said last time, it, it it's very cost effective. It's going to be your time. Um, that's, that, that's what it's going to cost you. The chances are, if you're new advise a new advisor, you're not going to be massively busy. So the one thing you have got is time, but you might not have the money. So identifying those things that are going to take up your time but aren't going to cost you money are really good things. Net- networking is an obvious. Uh, first, or uh, uh, obvious place to start. Obviously, not everyone's comfortable with networking, and we all kind of have to force ourselves to do it. But if you're going to do it, do it properly. So make sure you're identifying those networking groups that are relevant. Sure. So they're people who go to those that are either people who are likely to introduce business to you, and I'm sure we'll come on to introducers, or people who actually fit your your profile, the people you want to work with. And also, make sure when you go to those that you do talk to people. It sounds completely ridiculous, but it's very easy to go to a networking event, (laughs) kind of mumble to a couple of people you know already. Well, actually, there's not much point speaking to them. You know, you need to be speaking to the people you don't know, and then walk away and think, oh, that didn't really work, did it? You know, so I think it's important to kind of force yourself, maybe produce something that you can give out to people you know, do something quirky, buy everyone a cake and walk around the room and say, you know, hello, I'm James, you know, here's a, here's a cake. Just do something that people are going to remember you by. It might be a bit cringy, but actually most people will go and stand in a corner.
0: So if you go and do something that's a little bit different, then you are going to stand out. Mm. No, so networking- I think, you, I think you do. I mean, you know, talk about standing, I remember back in the days, and this is back in the days of direct mailers, mm. um, a company i a company once sent me their you know their brochure in the in the post i used to get hundreds of these mm-hmm. things you know all the time same types of company one company sent me their sent me their brochure with a Kit Kat in it mm. you know nice little two finger yep. Kat. it just said have a break and read this and i was yep. like oh, wow that's yeah that's a bit different you yep. know that caught my you know caught my attention so it's just you know doing something slightly different i think is is good i'm not sure about i'm not sure some of our guys Baking might be up to spec but uh, (laughs) we'll have to see Um, so you know if it's a good point I think is is, is, you know you're saying you're going to have time but not necessarily the money you know to do these Mm -hmm. and budgets to do these so I guess um, networking is a good thing I guess social media would be the other thing and I think well you know we'll cover social media I think it's a topic obviously in itself the rights and wrongs and ins and outs of it Um, but you know. At a high level with social media um, you know what are the kind of things that they should be you know should be thinking about is it a good medium to get you know well I new think clients and get across
1: I think social media is the same as, as many other methods if you like it will uh, it should benefit you but it isn't the be all and end all some people will be more comfortable than, uh, than others with it um, I think if you're going to do it you need to do it properly but again if you've got the time and, you know, you're savvy with these things and yet definitely it, it, it's, a, it's a good thing to do, um, as you say, I'm sure we'll come on to it uh, separately, um, but kind of one, one thing to bear in mind with social media is you have to have objectives as to what you, you're trying to achieve. So I definitely think that's and again, you know, it's inexpensive. So I think that's uh, that's another thing that, that you could be doing. I think also once you've identified your target audience, um, then I think it, it is a lot easier to start identifying you know where you're going to try and get business from. Um, referrals clearly, if you're starting off, you know you're not going to have many people to speak to. But if you if your people you, you've already sold to. Are the type of people you want to sell to in the future so if they're you know dentists or whatever then it's much easier to say to them look i'm you know i do a lot of work with dentists as an example you know any of your friends are dentists that you think would be able to be mm. to, to refer me so referrals often get forgotten it's kind of something that used to you know going back 10 15 20 years referrals were a very big deal they still are but increasingly we find that people don't necessarily ask for them mm. they get them but they don't ask for them so actually having that script ready and clearly if you say to someone, have you got any friends who fit this profile? Mm. They may say no, but actually they're more likely to be able to say, oh, actually I have, you know. Mm. Um, so I think that's important as well.
0: And I think finally, you know, for me financial services is obviously a business built on word of mouth and Absolutely, referrals. Yeah. I think it's a, you know, you're right, it's, it is vitally important and I think we, you know, we as a business, as an industry, sometimes afraid to ask for the referral, yeah. afraid to believe yeah. in ourselves and say, look, you know yeah. just ask you know people you know you've just had a, a you know a long conversation with w- you know with a client they may not be thinking oh I should yeah you know I should talk to Jim he might be able to you know he might be able to benefit from this guy you know there's no there's no harm in asking you know we, we do you know we have we actually have client referral cards that we can leave you know leave yeah. in your packs and and ask the questions I think you know that is a it is a key thing and uh, you know referrals You touched on there just just something that i was thinking about in terms of finding you know i guess also finding a niche you know we talked yeah. about dentists yeah you know
1: uh, niche. Guess, is a, it's
0: really interesting and, it's a di- and i guess it is a difficult thing to you know it's a difficult one to get into but i guess it's almost like a you know a, a professional connection you know working yeah. with solicitors and accountants and so yeah. forth it's finding you know, if you find a niche and find a you know a way in, except you know, exploit that, understanding Absolutely. your audience. And I think it comes back to what we were saying in the previous podcast about knowing your audience and knowing who you're wanting to, yes. you know, to attract.
1: I think your niches are interesting and I think a lot of people have got one. You know, we, we as a business have whether people set out to work in that niche or whether the niche kind of finds them, I don't know really. I think quite often uh, people when they when they start out, they might work with two or three people who are in a particular sector, let's just use dentists again. And I think some people when they're working suddenly realize actually this is a good niche and they set out to kind of understand that niche, understand how it works. And clearly if you're a dentist and you know that a financial advisor really understands how your remuneration works, You know, the fact that you own properties, don't own the property or whatever it might be, you are then more appealing to them because they haven't got to go through that whole thing about explaining about the remuneration and so on. And also, obviously, their chances are you, you know, you're being referred by another dentist or whatever. So I think um, you don't necessarily have to set out looking for a niche if you've. But make sure your eyes are open so if one mm. comes along Be you do embrace it yeah. and clearly what you want is you know a niches that are uh, that are, are profitable uh, you know, we get people who we talk to and you know the oddest of niches we've got you know people we've spoken to who, who work with pilots you know specifically work with pilots mm. and they didn't intend to do that but they got two or three clients in that and then they all kind of you know and, and obviously unusual kind of working hours and mm. so on and, and so they just built a business working around people in that sector. Mm. Yeah.
0: So they're not doing business lunches at the same time. Absolutely a, a, right. That's why. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we covered obviously networking, referrals, uh, in social media uh, and niches. I guess, you know, the question would be, well, is it worth me doing mail shots? Is it worth me doing, you know, is it worth sending out you know, I, I think a, a thousand to... mail shots in my local yeah. area? you know what what do i do where do i where do i spend my money mike where, is, where i've got this money what's the best thing for me to do starting out in i think you have to identify once you
1: know what your segment is and who you're targeting then i think that is it is easier i wouldn't necessarily say i mean mail shots can be a good idea um it will vary for every advisor and for every uh for every sector i think the good thing these days when I mean, you alluded to sort of direct mail if you go back you know, I don't know, 15, 20 years or so, you did have to send out you know, very large quantities before you knew if something was was working or not. I think these days, especially with the advances in digital print and a personalization of digital print, you can actually send out relatively small quantities, 10, 20, 30, 40 at a time, and actually just see if they work. Mm. So uh, I think you can be much more uh, much more tailored and spend little amount of money Making sure you're trying to target the right people. Um, there may be very few people in your sector, so there might be some value in saying, I mean, let's just take introducers because um, professional connections such as uh, solicitors and accountants are very much sought after. But in your area, the chances are there'll be some, you know, take solicitors, they may have an in house uh, IFA. Now, clearly, there's not much point in approaching that firm perhaps, but there will be others who haven't. So so spending a bit of time researching before you just send off a blanket mailing to 50, 60, 70 uh, solicitors. If you spend a bit of time, and certainly if you're a new advisor, you are gonna have that time as we said earlier on, Um, actually just researching local solicitors who has, hasn't got um, an in-house IFA, what sectors do they work in? What sectors do they specialize in? Uh, you know, we've got clients who might specialise in transport or in agriculture or whatever it might be, or yeah. they might, uh, you know, specialise in in wills and so on. So it's important to understand so that when you're writing to them or making contact with them, uh, or maybe trying to attend events that you know they're going to be hosting, networking events they're hosting, they tend to do a lot of that sort of thing. That actually you know what they're about. So if you start to talk to a solicitor and clearly understand already. What their business is about—that's going to be
0: quite impressive. Mm. I think, so it keeps coming back to know your audience, doesn't it? it they, does. the, the, the same themes keep, kind of keep coming. Well, yeah. I think a simple, you know, simple example of that
1: is if you get a letter through the post um, and they spell your name wrong, or they get, you know, they call you Mister instead of Mrs. or whatever, you immediately think, well, actually, that's pretty rubbish. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah, you know, you're gonna throw it away. Um, I think the one thing I would say about direct mail these days is the you don't get that much good quality junk mail if you like Mm. so if you are writing to people actually you know do a a nice decent letter you don't have to do lots of literature with it you can do a nice decent letter maybe handwrite the the, you know the Stuart or whatever the first name is uh, and and send it to them you know with a nice stamped letter Mm. actually it's going back in time
0: but if you get that it's unusual I know you say it's going back in time but it is you know it, it is almost Going back to a personal time, you know, you in this era of you know junk mail and, yeah. and everything, and I'm pretty sure while we've both been sitting here recording this podcast, yeah. we've probably had thirty odd you know emails emails yeah. coming through trying to sell us this that Absolutely, and the other. Yeah, um, you know, it's something that you get tangible, and you know, we're here talking about digital, digital and digital Absolutely, marketing. Yeah. and we're talking about sending out uh, you know letters and everything else, but it, it is it's what works it's what works for your audience and what works yeah. for your uh and sometimes friend. doing the countering something
1: what's counterintuitive is actually a, a good idea i mean just touch on emails there there's no guilt in deleting an email but if you get a letter through the post you do kind of do a a, a double take
0: sure no i think you do and it's uh, it's a funny thing to be sitting here talking about <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah sending letters but yeah yeah i guess i think i, I think th- sorry just to go go on a bit a little
1: bit more about professional connections They are, I think in our experience, the hardest group to target. Um, But actually what happens is um, people give up quite easily. So uh, we would always say that if you're trying to target professional connections, you probably need to give it a year. So you need them to feel comfortable that you are professional that you're still going to be around, that you're not a flash in the pan like all the other IFAs they've seen who tried to make contact and then disappeared. If you can keep just chip, chip, chip chipping away at uh, keeping in contact, you know, if if you're uh, out and around the, the town and you bump into them so much the better, you know, dropping them a letter, maybe sending them an email or, you know, a newsletter or whatever, that kind of just shows that you are Expert in your area mm-hmm. and that actually that familiarity. Oh, yeah, actually he's still yeah. around, you know, maybe I'll contact him
0: And we recognize that I and mean, we have a we have a relationship with CIFA, mm-hmm. um Where you know we there's an introduction between solicitors and, yep. and financial advisors, you know We we see that as a really good opportunity for some of the guys and I know yep. some of the guys uh, work with CIFA at the moment so that's brilliant, Mike. We're coming towards the end of the of the podcast again. These things go these things go so quickly. I mean, is there anything else um, you know, you think we should be thinking about in terms of, you know, attracting new clients? we we haven't covered at the minute i
1: I think um i mean there are lots of areas you you, there are uh, to consider you know we haven't even touched on things like pr and so on there are lots of different sponsorship is another one you can do things quite cheaply so a lot of advisors will think about you know sponsoring a local rugby club for example Mm. Uh, or maybe a you know a junior cricket team because obviously you're targeting the parents there Mm. a lot of clubs actually they don't need Uh, they just they haven't got a lot of money so therefore they if you go along and you know 500 pounds would sponsor a team for a year you get your logo on their shirts or whatever especially if it's a club you're already involved with where people Mm. recognize you so those sorts of things quite low cost if it ties in with something you like doing so much the better and I think yeah one one final point really is there are so many different ways of attracting clients don't try and do things you don't that don't come naturally. I mean, networking, we've already touched on that, is hard, but actually it's much better to be doing things you're comfortable with uh, and that you're
0: familiar with because they come more naturally. Fantastic, fantastic. Brilliant, well thanks again, Mike, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you.